Here he is. Uh, used to work for Donald Trump. Now he's a great TV guy, and I like him a lot personally, which says a lot because I don't really like a lot of people. Sean Spicer. Sean, good morning. Any chance that becomes a discussion tonight on the Spicer show? You know, unfortunately, we uh, filled out the show yesterday, so uh, we're going to pass, <laughs> hard pass on that one. Right. But you're curious. Uh, just admit that, Sean. You are curious. Yeah, it's unfortunate that this segment is so short that uh, we can't continue this conversation. <laughs> we, we need to get straight to this Biden press conference. Yeah, Otherwise, we do. I'd love to, yeah, no, but love to discuss Of course you would. You. So you're funny. So you yelled at me last night um, in very respectful terms because I was texting you back and forth during your terrific show. Uh, to see if you would come on this morning. And at one point you go, Sid, I'm doing live TV. And I'm going, Sean, I'm watching the segment right now. You're talking about us buying masks from China and giving China money. So just so you know, uh, while you were right, you were doing live TV. I'm watching you all the time, buddy. I think you're great. Well, well thank you. But first of all, like during one break, it was like, hey, I'd love to get you on tomorrow. And I'm like, sure, great. And then you were like, we're, we're negotiating the time. And, uh, and and I hadn't responded quick enough because, of course, I've got to check the, the morning calendar. And you were like, hey, I need an answer. <laughs> like, there's only the, the breaks are only two minutes. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. And, and I was just, you know, I, I don't I always remind people like I, I there's, you know, times when people forget that I'm on TV from six to seven. You guys are on in the morning and. So you you forget what other people's schedules are. Right. Uh, but I was just like, hey, dude, you know, I'm sorry that I don't have it all buttoned up right now, but I, I've got a two-minute break. Well, and it was during dinner time in my house. So my wife, Danielle, and my kids, the show was on. I'm like, you believe this guy Spicer's not getting back to me? She's like, give him a minute. He's on TV right now, to your point. So that was a discussion in my household as well. But you are on this morning. I do want to congratulate you before we get to the uh, the press conference on uh, on your book, which is still doing very, very well. It is. Thank you. Radical Nation. And the funny part about it is I was watching the press conference yesterday and, you know, there's so much research in the, to both Biden and Harris. And, and in the book, one of the things that's funny is he makes the case very prominently throughout the campaign that he wants to be the most progressive president ever. And he says it over and over again and then lays out an agenda how he's going to achieve it. And then he goes to this press conference yesterday and says, hey, I'm no Bernie Sanders. I'm a mainstream Democrat. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. Throughout the entire campaign, you talked about how that you were proud to be and take on the mantle of becoming the most progressive president ever. I guess when you get a 37% approval rating, you yeah. reconsider whether or not that was a <laughs> smart thing to do. Yeah, and he is uh, to the left of Bernie Sanders, despite what he tried to come off with yesterday. He also made this point, which I just put up with Bill O'Reilly about 30 minutes ago, talking about him and Harris, which again is in your book, Radical Nation, that he's going to run again. He's one year in. He's got three years to go. He's a complete mess. He forgets from week to week who the actual president is. God bless him. I actually felt badly for the guy at times. Kamala Harris is missing in action, the worst vice president ever. And yet he said yesterday they're going to do it again in 2024. You want to bet, Sean? Oh, I, I think that was the obligatory. But, you know, the funny thing is that the, the follow-up question is when he was asked by NBC's reporter um, how she was doing – his answer was, "She's doing good." I know. <laughs> that, that 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 if you're on a, if you're grading, that's a C. I mean, that's yep. no one yep. says like, you know, how you doing? Good. Uh, <laughs> that's not great. Well, that that wasn't a vote of confidence. No, um, no. I mean, if she was sitting in her head, I, I also think that like if you watched her Today Show interview today, I think he was like, "Oh, that was good." Uh, <laughs> it's it's. Uh, just, I mean, I think between the two of them. 
they probably have that thing where she walked, he walked back to the office yesterday and, and said, you know, Kamala, how did I do? And she went, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah, it was very unenthusiastic, but it certainly beat what I was thinking, which is really crappy. But uh, how about when he when he flat out lied afterwards to Welker when uh, and Welker wasn't even uh, Peter Ducey, it was Welker of all people who actually said to him, you know, do you feel badly now about talking about people who were against the Georgia voting bill, using them in the same sentence as Jefferson Davis and Wallace and all these folks? And he said, I never said that. I replayed the audio this morning in Georgia. He absolutely said that. Well, the problem is, is that what happened is when he realized the backlash, then he was like, oh, I, I didn't say that. And it's like, we all heard it. We all know what he meant. Um, and, and frankly, the other thing that I've brought up is that he's done this to others, right? So he, when he disparages other people, he does it in the same tone. It's, he just now doesn't like that people are using his words and saying, wow, look at what you're saying and He's going, well, that's not exactly what I said. It's like, well, but that's what you do to everybody else. You take their words, twist them, right. and then accuse them of saying things, and now you don't like it when it's being done to you. Yeah. And he went after that one reporter. He said, tell me where I said it. He got, I mean, it got a little test. Wegman, yeah. clearly past nap time. Yeah, it was past nap time. Look, forgetting about the people, we'll get to that in a moment, but even what he's trying to, to accomplish in D.C., the Build Back Broke deal, that's gone off the table. Thank God for Joe Manchin, Sinema, and the rest of them. Now this voting rights bill, which is a joke. I mean, the filibuster is the only thing that makes sure we have checks and balances uh, there in D.C. Again, thanks to Joe Manchin and others. That's off the table. So this guy strike it out, uh, Sean Spicer, every time. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, right now, and, and by the way, the clock is ticking. The one thing, and you brought up the book, I make this, I've made this point over and over again. Make no mistake about it. They understand that time is against them. In November, they're going to lose the House of Representatives. That's all. I mean, if Republicans can keep breathing, they're going to win. <laughs> right. And so they have until now, until November, to get anything and everything that they want done. Elizabeth Warren said this last night to a reporter um, that you know they need to get as much done between now and November. And, and I've been saying this since the, the shellacking that they got in Virginia. So – just mark my word, they're going to break up the pieces of this agenda hmm. and try to jam it through. This is They understand once Republicans come in, it's game, set, match. So uh, don't, I, I think anyone on the right that's concerned about this agenda needs to understand that you need to be on guard between now and the election. Frankly, probably after the election because they'll use the lame duck session in Congress to get as much done. But th- they, they know that this is it. They do. Sean Spicer, weeknights, 6 p.m., Lindsey Keith alongside Newsmax. He's so good. So throughout the morning, and I start at 6 a.m., as you know, Sean, I played the stark contrast between Biden and how he talks about Putin and Russia. Yesterday, I thought very weak, not intimidating, and Trump. And I played Trump talking about how he would destroy North Korea, how he would find the Taliban's wives and children and kill all of them if, in fact, they did something on torture. Uh, point being, the, the, the contrast between the two, night and day, I thought he was very weak with Putin yesterday. What did you think? Well, look, he said if it's a minor incursion... What does that mean? I have to think about it. What does that mean? What does that mean? And also, like, <laughs> I don't know how that translates into Russia. That, that's like that's like half pregnant. I mean, what does that mean? But exactly. But also, you're you're you you've got Secretary of State Blinken over there, sort of meeting with Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky right now. I, I think Zelensky was like, "Why are you here? You just blew this up while in my face." I mean, I I just if Putin and you got to remember that. Putin is looking all of this in the context of the Obama-Biden 
annexation of Crimea and saying, I took Crimea, you did nothing. And right now, what Biden said yesterday was, I mean, think about it. He said, if they go to exchange their dollars, we're going to make it very difficult yep. for them. You know, I mean, that's like saying, like, if we meet at the G8, then they're going to be last in line at the lunch buffet. Hmm. And, hmm. and that's serious because all the good stuff is gone. Hmm. I mean, it's. I don't understand how this was a serious threat to Russia, and I don't think Putin's taking it very seriously. Oh, he's laughing. He doesn't care. It's Sean Spicer. So, look, we love to do this in sports. You're a big sports man. In fact, I think you're a Patriots fan. Sorry about what happened last week, but that's okay. You've had a pretty good run. Um, Buffalo looks pretty (laughs) – Buffalo and the Chiefs will be a good game on Sunday night. But we often compare, right? He's a better quarterback. He's a better center fielder. He's a better shortstop. And the comparisons that are being made almost daily now are between Biden and Carter. For the worst president ever. Now, God willing, I'll be 55 in April. And those two guys are easily the two worst presidents in my lifetime. Easily. Joe Biden and Jimmy Carter. But a year in, I've got Biden right now ahead of Carter in this race to the Kentucky Derby finish. What about you? Uh, I'm going to put my money with you. Yeah. I I don't. I mean, I think. I don't know. I, I just I don't see. I think that there's because I think you've got foreign policy, domestic policy. Uh, the political stuff. I mean, there's nothing going well for Biden. And so I don't think I, I got to think back, but I, I mean, I think Carter had Panama Canal. So, right. uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 you know, there's a couple things that I think Carter got. Um, I, I just, Oh, Carter also got, listen, he did broker that peace deal with uh, Sadat oh, in yeah, Egypt. With, yeah, that was a big deal. Say, yeah, yep. That was a big deal at the white yep. house. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'll give uh, right now. I think Carter's Carter's going to win this. <laughs> so do you think, uh, that your uh, former boss, Donald Trump, is a shoo-in in 2024. You know, Arati tells us all the time that he can't really announce he's officially running because of the Finance Committee rules till January 1 of 2023, but he is going to run. He's going to run. Uh, if O'Reilly's right and that's the case, is Trump a shoo-in in 2024? Well, I do think O'Reilly's right for those reasons. I mean, once he runs campaign finance rules, a, limit the donations that he can take uh, in his official campaign versus the PAC that he's running, the Save America PAC. Two, it limits what he can say and do um, in a lot of ways. So, so yes, he's constrained in a lot of ways politically. Uh, two, I also think it's stupid. I mean, he's got the midterms. Why not focus on that, uh, get some political credit for helping people? Um, but three, I'll tell you this. Elections are strange things. I mean, I, so I, I would say if the election were held today, then yes. Yeah. Um, and, if, and and I don't see things turning around much well, but I, I just, you know, it, we're, we're, we're far enough away. But I would say right now that you got to go through the iterations. Is Trump the front runner in the in the Republican primary? Absolutely. There's no one else right now that I can see possibly challenging him. Um, so so he gets through that hurdle really well um, in the general election. If it were to be Biden and I'm not so certain that's the case, then, yeah, hands down. If it's Harris, which I don't think it would be, he still wins that. I think if it's – I've always said it's going to be Pete Buttigieg in 2024, and I'll be honest with you, I think Pete Buttigieg could give him a run for his money. Really? Pete Buttigieg? Well, if Pete Buttigieg can give him a run for his money, I got news for you, Sean Spicer. If these folks can convince Michelle Obama to run, she'd kick his ass. Yeah, I will say this. So Michelle Obama, um, one, has never expressed not only an interest in running but a disinterest in running. Two, is I think – one of America's fascinations through the years has always been in people who have never run, who, you know, whether it's, it's Colin Powell, um, it, you know, there's always these people 
who we want to run, uh, Oprah. And, and as soon as they run, Trump? I'm feeling that kicking the tires. Yeah, but Trump, Trump is, is, is uh, you know, and again, uh, I think there's a lot of questions about it. But I, I think it's a very he had been he, he had been, you know, in a media world where he took some hits. True. And true. Um, true. And I just don't think a lot of these other folks are used to getting hit. Right. So everybody loves Oprah. Everyone loved Colin Powell. Everyone loves Michelle Obama. And I, I for the folks on the right, I know you're I'm not. I'm just saying from a media fascination standpoint, True. I think it's different to take a punch in the face when some people come at you with opposition research and say, you know, hey, here's little Billy from seventh grade that says that you spilled stuff all over him and then laughed at him. Right. Um, they're not huh. used to that. And I think Trump was used to taking a hit. He played rough and tumble and he knew what it was like to punch back. These other folks don't. No, you're right. That's a great point. 30 seconds. So you're telling me if Buttigieg had to run against Hillary for the win for the primary that he would beat her today? Yes. Wow. Easily? Um, yeah. Wow. Hillary's not like – no, so number one, she's not liked by her own two. Two, Buttigieg, I think, appeals to the left. He's young. He's articulate. He's a veteran. Yep. Um, he's got this sort of woke thing going. Um, he's where I think a lot of the folks in the left look yep. at as the future because he articulates um, – he checks a lot of the boxes, which is what they're all about, and he professes the wokeness that they want to hear. He does, and being gay doesn't hurt. I, I got to tell you, I love your TV show. You're great when you come on with me and Bernie, and when you come on solo with me, too. I really appreciate it, man. I know you're busy all day, but I, I really appreciate it. You're great. Who's on the big show with you and Lindsay tonight? Uh, we've got a lot going on. We're going to talk about the March for Life. And then the other thing we're going to do, the March for Life is coming up. Lindsay's got a whole special she's going to do. Uh, in advance of that and the Dobbs decision. So that's going to be great. But then the other thing is we're really going to start to talk about protecting your vote in advance of uh, what the Democrats are doing. And one of the things that's fascinating to me, you guys deal with this in New York with these 800,000 people that you're allowing to vote in your local elections. But I'm going to start to look at states that allow illegals to get licenses. And Nevada is one of the states to do that. We're going to talk to their former secretary of state and attorney general and find out what prevents them. If you give them a license, how do you stop them from then going and registering to vote and then maybe moving to another state registering to vote? So I, I'm just fascinated by mm. this because I think that Democrats have a big, larger plan at stake. And we're just we're all getting duped in this. That does sound very, very fascinating. And like them to do something like that, we'll all be watching. Spice, great job, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And I look forward to your text in the middle of my show tonight. <laughs> I'm going to text you right in the middle just on purpose because I love you that much. Thank you. (laughs) Six o'clock tonight and every weeknight, Sean Spicer, Lindsey Keith, check that out. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.